0: Yes, good people, it's Francis here from Let's Do Humans podcast. This is just a quick announcement, just to encourage everybody here that's listening to our podcast right now, just to ensure that you subscribe and you follow us on all of the various platforms out there that produce podcasts, that's subscribing to us on YouTube, following us on iTunes and Spotify. I mean, follow us, make sure that you share our content and continue your support, that will be greatly appreciated. That's Let's Do Humans, L-E-T-S-D-O-H-U-M-A-N-S, Let's Do Humans, one word, appreciate all your support. Stay blessed, good people.
1: Oh, that's good. That's good. How you doing anyway? Doing well, man. Yeah, just coming back from work. Yeah, the thing is, even and though we're in a
0: pandemic, work, work doesn't stop.
1: No, nah, because I'm actually um, working at the forefront. And we are one of the key workers, so it oh, never okay. stopped for us. Yeah, yeah.
0: oh, amazing, amazing. Yeah. Is, is it slowing down a bit now? Is it still really busy?
1: Yeah, it's, it's still getting, um, in terms of numbers of how many items, it's still yeah. the pressure is still building up because yeah. right now everyone is coming out. But back in, um, back when. The corona was actually at the highest peak we were more concentrating on um like um on the elderly and those who are really um like urgent for us you to know. attend to but right now that the lockdown is easing up every single person everybody's is coming rationale. to us everybody's yeah. now, so we have to definitely actually be able to serve them in the way that we were supposed to or we were doing when we were we didn't have the coronavirus. So. Yeah. Yeah, so we have to. And plus, um, the mem- members of my team, you know how the follow went. Yeah. Some people are on follow. So, most often, like my hours, I have to go beyond my hours. Oh, to it's actually... increasing now. Exactly. Oh, but, man. bit by bit, hopefully, we will be actually be able to get back as a whole team again and the pressure will ease down.
0: Most definitely. Ho- hopefully they reward you for it as well because you guys are having to work additionally hard now. Uh. We,
1: we, are not even, we are not even looking at that place because yeah. uh, these people actually end up sounding like they're going to do something. But at the end of the day, the work is all about people. We're doing Most it definitely. out of our heart, So even if they reward us or not, yeah. we're still getting paid. We're still That's actually getting a reward. Yeah, different ways, Exactly. Yeah. From people.
0: But definitely, first of all, welcome to Let's Humans podcast. I know we've been meaning to do this for a while. Yeah, finally thank here you now. very much.
1: We managed yeah. to make it. I know we finally here now. <laughs> We finally did it. Honestly, when the corona started, I'm like, yeah. gosh, I've not done Zoom. Because I've had a lot of people, do, because I'm used to, um, I'm used to this, um, this um, video call okay. Skype. Yeah. But when this thing happened, like boom, Zoom. I was like, where's Zoom coming from? I people are gonna use Skype. <laughs> Zoom, I realized that
0: yeah.
1: Zoom is on a different level. And the, the one who actually founded Zoom corona season, it's his time, man. It's Almost time definitely. to shine. Yeah, it's time to shine. I, I heard yeah. that
0: this the stocks, the shares went from like it went from like 10 million or something to 10 times or even 20 times it, it, it
1: deserves like, it. And yeah. even the stock is not even going to stop because guess what? Right now lots of meetings instead Mm -hmm. of people traveling from abroad to come here they will do it on Zoom because Zoom wherever Mm -hmm. you are in the world you can get access to people say oh I'm looking for a business meeting blah blah I can sit behind my screen we can just
0: most definitely like
1: talk if it's a signature you do Adobe Reader or something that's it sign (laughs) and we sign we're done contract date yeah. It's, it's definitely going to
0: change the dynamics of um, the working environment because those organisations are going to realise now that they don't need a physical building and they can still be definitely. as efficient as, as ever and people are able to meet and discuss and have things and make things happen mm-hmm. externally. Yep. So it's, it's
1: definitely. What happens? Definitely. Even right now, even GPs, lots of people think GPs are open. GPs are doing video conference calls. Yeah. They're looking at people through video conference and I think, I think it's Zoom that they are using as well. So, yeah. Zoom has been very beneficial during this time. It has helped people to actually keep in touch in terms of business, mm-hmm. and also it has helped people to actually get in touch with family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it has definitely helped, and in future run, it's going to also make a big difference because so many interview for jobs, so many yeah. stuff are now going to be I'm going to be virtual. Yeah. yeah.
0: How's uni been like during the pandemic for you? Because you're still studying, aren't you?
1: Ooh, yeah, uni has been hectic. I'm yeah. not going to lie to you because stuck in your room, doing your exam, revising, and you know that you're supposed to submit this work yeah. like within 24 hours. You want to help and actually absorb much information before you do your test or mm-hmm. the exam. So it's, on, a, on a certain note, it's me, it has helped me because I'm the kind of person doing exams in the exam hall. I feel pressured. Even yeah. if I lent my stuff 100%, <laughs> I feel pressured that I'm doing it in the hall, my mm. friend or my colleague or my right or left. Your yeah. lectures are you you walking up and down. And, oh, it's so distracting. But when yeah. I did it in my room, I felt like there's less pressure. Though there's pressure that you need to get this right, but there's less pressure me have to do this exam at this particular point even if you're not prepared. But I felt like when I did it, in my room i felt prepared mm. i did it at the time i'm convenient and i realized that me doing exams whereby around morning ish mm. it's more like more less stressful compared to me doing in the afternoon because in the afternoon, in the, afternoon the weather getting <laughs> hot days <this, laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot but it's a lot to take it's in but by god's grace we managed to actually finish all the exams
0: yeah I and
1: mean. um we are looking forward to the results and seeing what final year has got for us. Even we yeah. don't know how final year studies is going to be conducted, but hopefully there will be a great outcome. But mm-hmm. I believe that lectures are going to be less like um, stressed on. Yeah. Honestly, they are going to make it more online online teaching. Yeah, I, I was yeah.
0: reading somewhere that I think is it Oxford or Cambridge, one of those universities, they decided that it's, from now it's on... Cambridge. Off, is it Cambridge, yeah. yeah from
1: now on, yeah, on they're going to all
0: their lectures online up until next year. So they're starting to make summer. those yeah. decisions already. So the scope is changing.
1: They've started. Yeah. yeah, they've started. But when the decision they've made, I don't know which um, sectors they included. Is it mm-hmm. going to be only their reading subjects or is it going to be practical subjects? Because from my, from my side, if they decide to do online-based learning, it's not going to affect me because my final year project does not involve me going to the lab. It's more of, yeah, it's more of, um, I would say it's more of a sociology kind of um, project I'm doing. So I just need to just do online surveys, do my reading, do my types up and everything. Mm. But my colleagues who are doing the lab-based, I believe that they are still going to do the lab, but it's not going to be as efficient and it's going to be more time consuming because yeah. they're going to cut down the number of people they can have in labs yeah, at that particular point in time. So it's, going, it's not going to be very feasible for some subjects. But if you are reading subjects like law, most definitely you can mm. actually do your stuff on your own. You, do you don't need, own need own. much. Yeah. Exactly. You don't need
0: that's much. Great, man. That's and
1: maybe that's, that's going to have impact on accommodations at uni because some people are not going to actually book accommodation mm. next year. They yeah. would rather stay at home and do everything on yeah. their um, own. So, in terms of accommodation, all these landlords, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's going to be a bit sticky for them. <laughs>
0: it is. I think whenever we have situations like this, there is, there's always a shift in power. There's always there's a, a shift. shift exactly. Yeah, there's shifting ideas, shifting business, and shifting mm-hmm. what's profitable and what's not. And I didn't mm-hmm. actually consider that in terms of like the university accommodation accommodation. Yeah, hit on landlords because I mean I'm into property, so uh, my, my friends, oh, me and my friends are into property, so it's it's something Something that I hadn't actually thought about, so that actually rings a bell in my head now. That, yeah, it's going so cool to hit.
1: Investor. Yeah, it's going to hit a lot of people because mm. even the time that the corona started, which was around March, yeah, one of the accommodation at where I'm living, that was my people's accommodation. They said if you leave your accommodation before 3rd of April, mm. they're gonna reimburse you the money you've paid to finish your contract. Oh, okay. So they were able to get it, but me, I didn't get mine. So some people still paid for the May to July accommodation, Mm -hmm. but they didn't stay in the room because of Corona. And They're like, we don't care. You (laughs) know what I mean? But with me, I I enjoyed, I stayed there. I enjoyed all the facilities to make sure that, you know, at least I enjoy some bit, but still, I'm still going to be, because of the way my house is, I've got younger brothers. If I decide to stay home during the final year, it's going to have a very hate on me because I need to concentrate. And, Exile, exactly. I need my own mm-hmm. personal space to be able to concentrate on my work and yeah. get the best outcome. So apart from that, everything is good. Everything oh, is really good. good. That's good. Really yeah.
0: Great. So um, I mean, I know you've been around, you've been doing the rounds at the moment. You're all over Instagram, you're <laughs> all, over, all the various um interview and, and, and interviews, podcast yeah. and platforms mm-hmm. speaking about some of the work that you do in in relations to mm-hmm. advocacy. Can, can you tell a yeah. bit about a bit about the work? So at least tell us a bit about the history of the work. Like how did you get into advocacy?
1: Okay, so advocacy, I've actually been an advocate. I believe I've been an advocate ever since I was young, but okay. I never actually saw myself as that kind of person. Though mm-hmm. I'll be an advocate, but subconsciously, like I will speak against something that is going wrong. I will raise attention yeah. on certain stuff you know, like disease, because health sector was my main, mm. I raise, I enjoy learning about different diseases and how we can um, actually overcome it. So when I actually moved over to the United Kingdom, which was 2010, mm. I got myself involved in blood donation and um, um, organ transplant in the black community. So I did a project with one student from UCL. he is a medical doctor, and we were trained at the Royal Free. So... It was kind of um, a project whereby I was highlighting on how, when you look at the organ donor register, black mm. people, we are the ones who have got the highest demand. But guess what? If you look at the number of people who donate, mm. it, we, it doesn't match up. But on the other side, our Caucasian counterparts, they donate a lot, but they haven't got a lot of people on their yeah. register. You know, So it seems like we have got the highest demand, but we don't give a lot out. So I got my voice involved. I actually added my voice. I started going around, actually, um, educating people, especially the black community and trying to break down some of the barriers, because the first thing that comes into people's mind, organ donation, they think that if you actually end up donating or registering yourself that when you are sick or when you're not feeling well, okay. you are going to be less prioritized because they okay. think they're going to harvest your organ to mm. save someone else on the register part. Mm that is not so. That is not so. And always even the first step that they do is when you're going to do it, they ask you, have you informed your next of king? Have you informed your family? Because there are cases whereby people end up donating, their, um people's organ gets donated when they are dead. But because they have not had the conversation with their loved ones or their next, um, next in king, it becomes a bit of a struggle between the family and the yeah. hospital. Because they're unaware of. Yeah they're unaware of, Mm -hmm. it creates conflict. And even, they go to the extent of even accusing the hospital that you didn't save him because you know that he's on this register. He's Mm going to save someone else's life. So, all those kind of stuff were the stuff that helped me to educate myself. Me personally, I have not actually signed up to the register. I'll come back. I'll come to that. I have not signed up to the register. Though I was an advocate of it, but, um, I had to also digest. I've, I've had that conversation with my family and I'm like, Honestly, it's something that I need to take my time, understand it. Because as time as much as you may think you're an adult, you need to get the consent of your loved ones as well. Because if God forbid, I end up actually losing my life and they realize that some part of my organ is not there, it mm-hmm. becomes a huge problem. But I may think that I have actually done the best thing, but I've created conflict. So um that actually was in 2013, which I'm still projecting because last year. I went to actually donate um, one for blood donation, because mm. I'm like, it's time that I need to go and do it. And the, what even pushed me was, I need to know my blood type. I never knew my blood type. I need to know that my blood, I'll be able to save people's life and stuff like that. Mm. If I didn't do that blood test or blood donation, I wouldn't have got so many information about my blood yeah. I never knew. This is vital
0: information but that we need about us. It's vital information
1: yeah. because we are growing up, we are, we are choosing life partners, and some blood groups mm-hmm. are not compatible. If they end up meeting, it can even end up creating some form of disorders this, um, this, this or disabilities mm-hmm. in the baby and stuff like that. So it prompted me to go and actually find out. And I realized that my blood group is a unique blood group whereby even people who are sickle cell anemic they mm-hmm. need that blood group a lot because they are, the pe- they are the blood that will help them to actually have more oxygen, oh,
0: wow. sorry,
1: more um, red blood cells in yeah, there, really awesome. to be able to actually carry more oxygen. But unfortunately, I've thought that my blood group was actually something. So when they went to do further test, then like, unfortunately they can't donate my blood to anyone in this country. Reason wow. being that I have lived in Ghana, I've taken anti-malarials, yeah. you can see... So it's a blood compromised exactly Mm. they see traces of malaria parasites in my blood and Mm. if they give it to someone they don't know whether my blood is going to be compatible it's going to close it's going to have a whole lot though i was broken down because my my friend is a sickle cell anemic patient so when i saw my blood group i was thinking about him most that, thank god he's going to actually have someone around him whose blood is very very viable for him to use but unfortunately that didn't work out so transition from that I actually got involved in mental health. How I got myself into mental health is actually mental health um, awareness is actually a mystery. So second, so
0: before you get onto the mental health side, I just wanted yeah. to touch back on um, the organ and blood donation. Within the,
1: yes, community.
0: yes. So I, I know within the African community, we have our own superstitions. We have our own beliefs about like the mm-hmm. human body and death. We have our own traditions which have been here for so
1: Exactly, um, yeah.
0: What What are some of the barriers that you come across when discussing that within the African community? Because I, I know personally how some people feel about donating their organs to someone? Donating,
1: yeah. Um, realistically, I when I started my advocacy on um, the blood donation or the organ transplant, I had not been able to have that discussion on a larger scale in mm. the black community. I had it with the youth group, with had which had a diversity of culture, yeah. who were born over here, so they would understand. With that conversation, I have not had it which I believe that hopefully I'll be able to actually come out there and actually have it because think about even what, what the conversation has started about the black lives matter. Mm. I believe that we can go beyond that. We can go beyond fighting against racism right now. All the center is within our community. Mm-hmm. What can we do to build our community? You know, and one of the things that we can do is to help to save lives. Because one of the things that I was even discussing with one of my friends is, honestly, I don't feel bad that I didn't go to protest because I've done a lot of virtual protests. I've sent emails. I've posted a lot on stuff on my social media. I've been able to educate. I've discussed with people. But one thing that I'm proud of that I've done is with the work I do as a pharmacist, I'm not a pharmacist pharmacist yet. As a pharmacy, I'm dispensing assistant. (laughs) I've been able to serve a lot of people from the black community because mm-hmm. majority of our patients are from the black community. Do you get know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if I'm not working at that point in time, who is going to be advising them? Yeah. Who is going to be dispensing their medicine? Who is going to actually help them? So in a, in a way of shape or form, I'm also playing my part mm-hmm. that as much as we are going there to protest, lots of, if you can protest, go out there to protest. But mm-hmm. if you know that you can do something to help your community behind the scenes, yeah. definitely do it. Because when the COVID-19...
0: I I mean, I I personally didn't protest myself, but then I, I, I do believe that everyone plays a role and there's so Definitely. many factors there's so many different positions that you can take up so exactly. that whole issue about making people feel guilty about not protesting is completely exactly. wrong exactly don't know what, that, what role that person is playing within their community directly which is having yep. a real effect on the community so there's exactly. of that might not step step the foot out of the house but what the impact that they're having within their own home is then going to affect it's, the community and then
1: exactly the so
0: you, you being out there medicate uh, offering uh, medical help and medical advice yep. and taking care of people on the front line that's your way Way of advocating for advocate no beliefs in regards exactly. to exactly justice and whatever. So that's perfectly yeah.
1: fine, man. Because um even on the Sunday um my friend actually asked me, so what do you think about the Black Lives like the Black Lives Matter? Because she's someone who is not over there on the social media a lot. So she opened up the conversation. I'm like, yeah I'm definitely willing to have the conversation, you know, and I started pinpointing certain things that you know are not acceptable so even i encourage her to even go and do more readers and yeah i'm going to definitely educate myself one thing we have to understand is we are not all of all of us are not on the same platform when it comes to knowledge about race in yeah. the black community or even race in general there are so many certain stuff i've educated myself about when i moved into this country there's certain stuff i used to take for granted when i was when i was in ghana there's certain words that i used to say that I can't say it over here because I feel even guilty. Me Mm. saying the N-word right now, I feel so guilty. I'm like, whenever I see someone saying it, I start (laughs) getting fed. I'm like, this is not me. I'm like, that's the environment you've grown because Mm. there is a meaning attached to someone calling you the N-word. Even within our black community, I wish that people do not even say that word. But every single person is different. They relate to it differently. But I relate in a different connotation. Mm. For example, even if my fellow black brother or sister calls me the N word. That's a no, no, sorry. Oh. You've crossed the borderline. Yeah. And for I, some I, of it I've different... always had a weird relationship <laughs> with the word
0: because I grew up in an environment where the word was said. It was like, it was, it was a way of um, black people. Normalized it, isn't each it? Other and it was normalized. So yeah. emotionally, I don't feel a way about saying the word. But then yeah. also I understand historically the impact of the word. Pax. So it's like I'm the word. A rock in a hard place. And it's very easy for me to say and for me to send out a virtual, virtual single and be like, oh my gosh, this word is so trash and, I, and I'm never going to use it again. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I'm yet to reach the point where I feel the emotional side of, side it, of the it. emotional yeah. connection to what the word connection. actually is. The, the power has been taken out to an extent, but history is still there. But then yeah, it, it's still there. on the other side, it's like, to what extent does history carry us to, to this day when it comes to like words, when it comes to like, um, um, imagery? And it's very yes. tricky. So on the, I understand, I, I agree with people who decide to never use the word again. And also, mm-hmm. I don't feel a way towards people that use the word within their community. But I yeah. one thing I can agree on 100%, which I'm solid about, is no one outside of the community should use it. Because <laughs> that one outside of the if
1: community,
0: you use it, used it, used it against us for completely different reasons. So different that reasons. Is, oh my day.
1: Yeah. So that, that one, that's that's they will come for you. Up. That one will come. With that one, I will even come for you. Yeah. yeah if yeah. I hear you saying it, sorry. <laughs> are you saying it to me or are you saying it to me? Yeah. I, I think if you. we
0: if we all unifiedly came together and decided that okay, yeah, is but that's maybe hard because there's it's there's hard. Billing. There's because so many rappers people. are
1: using it. Yeah. Even when you listen to... Um, music, um, movies. Music, Jay-Z and, um, yeah. and Kanye West. That big song, wherever, and in Paris. Yeah. If a white person hears it, they are more likely to yeah. alter the word. And yeah. that's a big issue. Imagine they go to problem. concert, yeah. and they alter the word. Yeah. And that's them. the danger <laughs> of
0: popular culture. Popular culture is so dangerous because... Black culture is popular culture now, especially in the yes. music industry. Yes. What we've got to realise is whatever whatever ideas and whatever lyrics or whatever um, emotions that they put out there, it, mm-hmm. it, it becomes embedded in our culture and we're kind of selling Definitely. those ideologies and those narratives. Because now, mm-hmm. if you listen to hip-hop music, for so many decades, hip-hop music has been selling black life as being cheap. Like, it's easy to say, I'm going to kill a killer nigger or kill a, kill, and call our women bitches. So it's like, we're oh, doing this to thank yourself, you. cheapening black life. And then, and then we. So now it's embedded so deeply in us that we struggle to then wean ourselves away from it, which is dangerous. But, because we are popular culture, and we infest in the rest of the world with it. So exactly. we've got to look at to solve problems
1: on a micro level to then Exactly. In I hope that I hope that lots of artists will sit down mm. and see their lyrics or the words they put out there. Mm. One of the artists I'm so so annoyed at myself that I've not paid attention to for a long time which I should up is Santa Dave like yeah. going back to Santa Dave's loads of music videos Santa Dave has got a very powerful message in every single music yeah, that he definitely. plays like um, the one he performed at the Brit mm. if you play a music or you make a performance and someone it raises a whole conversation you know that you're doing something powerful Yeah, because someone yeah. is not Someone it's, is not actually... stirring throwing up
0: emotion and thoughts. Yeah.
1: Exactly. It started with Stomzy. Stormzy didn't care. He was like, even if this is what is going to actually mm. end up restricting me to going to higher level, I don't care. I'm speaking for my community. So Stomzy and Santa Dave, honestly speaking, they are doing amazing. Yeah, they are doing amazing. Doing. How they bake, they bake our community up and the way they portray them in their music. And the thing is, they don't live away from it. Behind um, from the music scenes, mm. that's the life that's their lifestyle. Yeah. That is the culture, the lifestyle they live They actually fight for their people, you know. They actually say whatever their music performance, they make sure that it's cutting deep. If you're a prime minister you're doing something which is not appropriate, they'll come for you. Mm. He came for Boris Johnson, Santa Dave came <laughs> for Boris Johnson, <laughs> and Stormzy came for <laughs> Theresa May. So <laughs> it shows it that these people are not going to rest. Mm. I'm not going to actually rest. And look at how. You are big people, you have superpowers. How can you let the 22 or the 25-year-old's music make you feel intimidated? It means you're not doing something right. Mm. They are speaking the truth. Mm. You know, they're speaking the truth and the truth is something that they don't want to bear with. Mm. You know, the truth is something that they don't want to bear with. And we need more of such people in our community. We need such people, how they will use their music to influence, you know, Mm. because if you portray in your music that black girls black boys are kings and queens mm. which feels old DJ has been doing it from time mm. it is going to change the narrative yeah. you using video you make sure that these people are actually portraying our culture mm. if it's Nigerian they wear their gele, they wear their their, their their all their clothes yeah, yeah it's being part know?
0: of your culture you know? yeah.
1: being proud of your culture exposing that you know what well, this is what our culture is mm. you may see us wearing the hoodies but come on when we go back to our country we are more mm. than wearing hoodies. We are proud of us. So look at how when um, Skepta went to Nigeria when he was actually made a chief of something. Oh, look yeah. at how the media I think would it was see his it. mom's town so, or something. Yeah. Exactly. So when Skepta is standing over here, you have to know that apart from he being a grime artist in this mm. country or a hip hop artist in this country, he is someone valuable back in his town. So you can't yeah. touch him like that. He, he he's yeah. got a big crowd behind him. So I believe these are some of the stuff that our community need to start embracing mm-hmm. in terms of it and in terms of the health side as well. Mm. As much as we are, the those in the media yeah. are fighting for it. We need the health side too. We have to. Yeah. Because NHS was built on the ground. It was built by um, the strength of black people. Mary Seacole, she's one of the people who helped NHS to be with NHS we are right now. But mm. look at the coronavirus figures. Which people are suffering? The blame, mm. the black community, the Asian, the minority. We are the ones who are actually thin. And research is actually, I hope that the Public um, Health England will bring up the necessary reasons why it came that way. Yeah, The because report is, the I'm
0: list. yet to read the report because I thought I'll give I'll you give a couple of days for it to settle down before days. I see the yeah. But I'm yet to because read it. But I kind of know what to expect from the report. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because what one of the things
1: expect. I was discussing with one of my friends is that I believe one of the biggest things is housing, because mm. where you live can help can, can be a health determinant, because yes. if you are living in a moldy house, you will not grow to become someone healthy, because mm. molds, all these bacteria are surrounding you. How mm. are you going to be healthy? Any little disease that you contract or any little infection is going to be deadly.: Yeah you know? And when you look at statistics, lots of black people live in. Um, in estate, mm. you know, and council flat. And look at how the last time I went to a council flat. Honestly speaking, I've mm. never. I said to myself, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't. You yeah. know? It's, it's, I it's, know. know, it's 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 quite. I'm not trying to disrespect, yeah. but I said mm-hmm. to myself that I can't. I, I came back to my mom. I was like, wait, mom. Like when I went there, I couldn't. I was like, yeah, that is the reality of mm. how. Some yeah. people are and surviving, and all of this has an impact yeah. on
0: people's mental health, mental health, and their well-being. Definitely, I mean, your your definitely. environment that you live in, the the food that you're exposed to, the the lifestyle, mm-hmm. uh, finances, it all has a major effect.
1: Definitely. I mean,
0: w- 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 so, in regards to like the black community, how how do you then? How do you then get that idea across to them that it's important to um, understand what organ, organ donation is and what blood giving is? How, how do you go about it? And what's the story you come across? So, the, so with,
1: with, my blood, with my blood bit, I have not even shared my story yet because yeah. emotionally it really hit me so hard for mm. me to go to the hospital and like, you cannot donate your blood to mm. your fellow black or your fellow Caucasian or a fellow Asian, like I am all about saving lives. Mm. So it really hit me. So when someone posted doing the Black Lives Matter that you know that 1%, when the statistics show that only 1% of the black community donate their blood or stuff like that, I'm like, it's high time that I need to actually share my story because there there might be so many people who might be out there that, oh, my blood can save someone's life, my blood can save someone's life. But when it becomes a critical point in time whereby think about it, the person has never donated blood the person does not know their blood group The person does not even know whether their blood can even be mm. donated in this country you know that might be the time they'll find out but that person we haven't got enough time to save to actually go around to plead for yeah. people's blood to help this person so there might be people who have got the assumption yeah my blood can but in reality some people their blood cannot be donated in this country maybe when i go back home and gone i will try and Go and mm. see if over there too, it's a problem. If it's a problem, then I'm screwed because <laughs> people around me. Like, but but I'm, would that like, be a problem? Tell so pe- you the truth.
0: So, so people with malaria traces with, with in their bloodstream would that be a problem um, transferring that blood to someone who's had the
1: same traces within this? With me, the advantage. I, I believe that if I go to Ghana or any African country, it can mm. save someone whose blood group is to compatible to mine. Mm. The reason being is. Africa, the malaria protozoa is actually common over there. Malaria is very, mm. it's one of the common um, infections over there. So, um, over there, I believe it can say because they've got their, their blood, they've got immunity. So, mm. what they're trying to say is my blood has got immunity against malaria. So, if I go over there, because I've got those um, antibodies, yeah, it, the antibodies have got signal of malaria. So if I catch any malaria infection, my body it will be able to fight, will be able to produce yeah. antibodies to fight the um the, the protozoa as quick as it can. So it will not have any infection because right now I'm in the second phase infection. I've been exposed to it. Mm. My body has developed the antibodies to fight it. So over there I believe it would. But over here in UK or in Europe in general, because malaria is not a common kind of thing, they think that if I donate my blood or they give it to someone, it could end up causing coagulation. It could end up actually causing their blood to clot. Oh, wow. okay. Or it could end up actually making them develop malaria. Yeah. So they will not even go to that extent to even give it to someone to see. Not even my relative or something. They, they don't want to even do that. So yeah. I'm yet to actually go and find out. And um, I believe if I share my story, it will draw attention to people and let them know that, wait, I think I need to, even if you are not even going to donate your blood, go find out what is in your blood. Yeah. You know, go find out what is in your blood. And if you donate, they'll give you all the information. Right now, I've got access to all the information I need about my blood, my blood group, my compatibility, everything. I even took time to read about my blood group. That's when I knew that my blood group is unique to sickle cell anemic patients. Yeah. And it's advisable that everybody knows the blood group because if your blood group is not compatible to your partner, you actually can make a, a quick decision about that. What, what are you going to do and yeah. stuff like that. So... Is something that everybody's, some an information everybody needs to have on their fingertips. Yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's such
0: a tricky situation because um, I remember, um, I think I attended a, a church's debate regarding this mm-hmm. particular issue about marrying someone yep. with different blood groups that can potentially mm-hmm. cause, um, um, harm to uh, um, the baby, a baby. And, um, yeah it was such a hard topic because no one knew the answers. Cause it was, they were discussing the case of on one hand, it was, what about we love mm-hmm. each other. We've been together for such a long period of time and, yeah. we go, and we're going through counseling to now move to the next stage of marriage. And then we, we reached this stage and discovered that both of our blood groups are non-compatible and we can end up possibly um, um, having a child with multiple disabilities or so do we, disabilities. Yeah. Or do we, or do we break up or do we adopt? Do you see what I mean? Cause now you're putting in a such a situation but yeah. take the risk or break up or adopt. And it puts a strain on the relationship. And at the end of the discussion, I realized that no one actually came up with a clear, concise conclusion because it's such it's, a tough thing. It's, it's tough. It's a
1: very tough and sensitive. It's very yeah. tough and sensitive um, decision to make. But at the same time, you don't want to end up also coming up and actually having a baby or babies whereby some, um, one, of, one out of the, your, the babies could end up actually having um, a disability which tracing it mm-hmm. is due to your blood incompatibility mm-hmm. that shows that you the two couple or the poor actually knew what to expect yeah. you know so with me it's a thing whereby i actually was like you know i need to get this thing on top of my head mm. so if i meet someone and the person's blood group is not at least in the initial stage, you, you know, know what to do. Yeah. That You know what? Yeah. yeah. Because I believe in the olden days or prior to technology or this scientific um, um, scientific kind of way of finding out your blood group and stuff like that, mm-hmm. lots of people didn't know about it. Henceforth, they went ahead to make decisions to live with whoever they meet. So far as they, are, they actually love each other. Mm-hmm. But deep in it, you realize that it's beyond that if you are ready to set it down with someone with offspring, to have offsprings and everything, you need to take certain tests into consideration, i.e. the blood test. You need to know that your blood group actually matches. And if you don't end up actually doing it that way, it could actually end up actually causing a big problem, you know, because you yourself, you realize you've been, you have brought an offspring and you realize you could have avoided this kind of... Um, disease or complication that the child is going through, but you decided to f- put yourself and your wife or your, co- um, your partner first yeah. before you did the, that is very, delicate, they might even be- end up de- decisions de- decisions. <laughs> very, very, it's because very if really they delicate. find out they're like that mom, you are selfish because you yeah. knew that this is going to happen and stuff mm. like that. So at the same time, the, the couple will have that kind of self guilt that why did we even go ahead to do this? So, it's quite tough, but it could be avoided if the couple actually end up um, going to actually end up actually finding the blood group that both belong. I don't know whether everybody or every church encourages couples mm. to go and actually do that before, or it becomes a personal decision for the two um, for the two uh, for the partners to go and do when they know that their relationship is getting serious and stuff mm. like that. So it's really, it's really, I think it's a very important yeah. um it is situational th- consideration to make mm. when you are actually been in, in the deep side of the relationship not even married that when they come married then you know that you've made all you've actually done all the decision but in the relationship i believe yeah. that if you know that the person is serious then obviously that's the route you need to take
0: yeah most definitely and obviously in particular yeah. you know, in relations to like the african community we know that we have certain um issues sort of like um issues girls, yeah and, there's various um, yes. um, g- g- genetical issues that we can pass down. Genetic,
1: and, yeah, disorders. Genetic, yeah.
0: but also um, issues in relation to, like, the mental health side of things. Because um, yeah. w- when I was younger, I-, I used to go to this, um, this-, this particular, like, prayer group. And um, there-, there was a mm-hmm. family there with um, a disabled child. And every mm-hmm. week, week on end, week on end, week on end, they all used to bring this child forward to pray for the child and um at that time i never really used to pay much attention to what was going on i was really young myself mm-hmm. and I, I just thought they were just they, they were praying to heal the child i thought the child was sick and it's only yeah. when i grew up i realized that no the child actually was autistic had a, had a mental health yeah, yeah. Had a, had a, um, um, and one of them had a autism mental, aut, aut, autism i don't know if autism classified yeah. as mental issue or
1: disability autism it's a, classified as a learning
0: that's a learning disability yeah and yeah. um
1: it, w- when I grew up
0: and I realised what was happening, I realised that there's a level of um, naivety and lack of knowledge within the community that can sometimes be detrimental because mm-hmm. it, it changes the focus from what is supposed to be in order to help be... whoever it is that requires the help to something yes. completely different. And I think that's probably... Different, yeah. I, I like the work that you're doing in terms of advocating and teaching people and educating advocating. People on what things yeah. actually mean and how they come about and how to
1: best treat or how to best take care of yeah. with those issues. Because with me, when I started, honestly, like as I said, uh, I myself experienced it. I actually gathered all the confidence because during that time, like my mom was away and I was, I was scared to actually say, it. Mm. you know, coming from an African home, who are you to actually end up opening your mouth and say that I think I'm going through stuff. Like Mm -hmm. my head is this, that. So I had to actually go and actually Google it find out exactly their symptoms and I was taking it but what actually pushed me was hearing other people's story you know I heard one young girl's story and that was like you know what I think Kwame, we need to start adding your voice to this because hardly have you seen any guy talking about it and it's something that if you start talking about it it's going to also help you to learn and also take care of yourself because mm-hmm. one of the things that Lots of people don't end up actually seeing is The moment you become an advocate, you've set yourself as an example. Whatever you say, you're going to follow it. You know, so that was me. Every time I feel like I'm actually having a very low mood or or, uh, and actually not feeling myself, I will have a conversation about it. I will just quickly have a word about it. So it helped me as a person, as much as I was helping other people, it also helped me to put my... Our mental health in checks as well if i realize that i'm getting a bit overwhelmed or stressed you know what i need to find something that could probably help me out and even hearing helping someone nearer to me and when it all started where i actually got myself to actually add my full energy and force to it was when someone very close to me actually started developed actually developed it then i realized that even the people around that person Having got much knowledge like that, so with me, I start. I learned most of these symptoms from my uncle, who is um an, um a mental health nurse. So mm. I called him one time one Sunday evening. He educated me the signs and symptoms, what these signs and symptoms mean, and what could. So I have to. And bear in mind, I'm a pharmacy student. I'm not. Um, I'm not a professional. Okay. I've not got any. Um, regist- re- register or registrar to actually end up giving too much information. It's based on what I've learned at university and my interest and my research that has helped me to actually be able to support um, this person. So I have to end up breaking the stereotype. The first stereotype was, oh, if this person, no, the first one that I heard someone said was, oh, this is just headache. Go. You know, you know how in the African, yeah. we, God, we eat, just brush things off, take everything that wrongs in the head? Yeah take, para. take <laughs> <it will go. laughs> yeah, take paracetamol, it will go away. Take paracetamol, it will go. But I changed the narrative. I was like, no, this is not paracetamol at first. Paracetamol or pain. But this beyond pain, mm-hmm. the person is complaining of consistent headache. Like, stuff are going, this is the brain issue. It's not to do mm-hmm. with the head. Second one was, oh, if I take this person to the hospital, the first thing they will do is inject the person and it will get worse. Mm. Because we've seen it in movies whereby yeah. some people are taken to mental health institutions and the moment they get there, the condition they get put through even makes this makes whole situation yeah. or even makes force. it worse. Exactly. So they think it's going to make it. It's like, no, they are not going to deal with any needle mm. until the need arises. So... Through that, I was able to. And one thing is about advocacy is you can end up actually having or putting your voice to it, but the skills to encourage the person or the family members of the person or the friends of the person mm-hmm. to also get the hope because it's all about hope, mm-hmm. you know. Because we've seen people have had it, and that was it. I had a friend also who all the time I check up on her because she was mm-hmm. the first person to share her story to me, like she was not ashamed. Just like, when well, I'm not ashamed, I'm ready to help other people, so I've learned a lot from her. Mm. And she also shared her story about her friend who got herself into drugs. And Guess what? That was the end of it. She never came back. Wow. Right now, she's in the asylum, Seriously? she's in the asylum, and she had she that's one of the
0: like chemical imbalance. And it's been that one by the she drugs, was,
1: yes. She was on that person, she said that she saw it. She the person was on drugs. Mm. And By the time they realized it was too late, one of them was admitted to the hospital to have a rehab, which the person had on and off, and another one lost their life. That's when I'm like, whoa, this is serious. Like, Mm -hmm. This thing is very, very serious, and everybody has got their own degree of it, and everybody can be treated differently. So as time as I was actually helping the person, educating and getting closer to the person, it helped me to know certain... um, setting features as well first of all the person is not themselves so whatever they are saying they don't mean it mm. so when they are in that mood whereby the symptoms are kicking in they can say stuff without their realization but think about it i've not got closer to anyone of that sort who have got that so mm. what happened was it was also having an effect on my emotions so i took it serious for example, the person, you know, the person as the person who does not cast people. Yeah. All of a sudden, the person starts cursing. The person hasn't got any kind of... Mm. The person hasn't got... The person's temper is is getting deteriorated, you mm. know. The person is just getting angry all the time in the full force. And you are trying your very best. And the person's not appreciating. That was the situation mm. I was in. So... I was educating myself. I mean, when the person got better and the person is now way, 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 way much better okay. And right now on, 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 because the, because taking, you know how taking tablets is not an easy for him. The person has to take yeah. tablets and everything. So it got switched to other forms like injection. So the person takes injection and everything, which is something great because the person does not have to do the injection every time. It's monthly. So it helped the person and I've seen the transition, the whole picture of when, before the, the person developed it, when the person was experiencing it, and right now, after the person have even getting other forms of treatment, which is almost a year since the person started the mm. injection, it shows that it works. It shows that when the person gets the encouragement or the people around them, it works. Yeah, you know, definitely. It works. It definitely works. And I've seen, I've had conversations with people whereby they themselves, discharge themselves for the medicines. They said, no, I'm not going to take the medicine any longer. Mm. Why? Because I'm I'm over relying on it. Mm. I'm getting addicted to it. It's fine. So far as you can be able to actually have other ways and means of handling the symptoms, you know, which the symptoms sometimes is, for example, for schizo, is hallucination and delusion. Mm. You know, hallucination is, for example, the person starts hearing voices, which is auditory hallucination. Yeah. They start hearing voices and they start acting to it. Another one is um is Um, visual hallucination they can see stuff coming towards them and they start shouting and everything you know so without if you don't understand you'll be put off you may think nah I've lost hope in the person but education helps you know education helps and I believe that is one of I said knowledge is power one of the best things that we can do to help our generation is educating you know Constantly educating them. These mm. are the different sides of it. You can feeling Feeling low about yourself does not make you weak, you mm. know? You can come out, speak to someone you trust, you know? Be able to actually end up, like, voicing it out. It will yeah. help you. It I, th- I think one of, one of the... W- w-
0: w- Whenever I read into, like, um, mental health illnesses, I realized that one of the most powerful tools in um, recovering is relationships with people so whether that be yes. relationship with families relationship with loved ones yes. like when you got healthy relationships around you and relationships with people that you trust people you're able to communicate with on all spectrums of conversation then it's, it's a healing yeah. process in itself so when you when Definitely. you're in a situation it's ideal to isolate yourself as well because then you're cutting off those relationships you're cutting off a part of your safety Definitely. yeah but what what some of the issues that lead to it because Obviously, whenever I looked into mental health, I've I've come across two issues that lead into mental health. One is the obvious mm-hmm. one, which is chemical imbalances. Those are the ones Imbalance, that you can't yeah. control. It could be genetics. It could be something caused from some trauma in the past or whatever. But there's a, there's a point in the brain where there's chemical imbalances and it causes you to go into depression or into mm-hmm. various forms of um, mental health crisis. And then the, the other side as well is one which I've been paying a lot of interest in lately, which is um, the issue of complexities. So like people that can't yeah. deal with complex issues in life so it's like there's, there's loads of things that's happening at once and then you're like, oh my gosh, I can't take this. And the reason why I'm talking about this right now is because at the moment, I think we're going through the, the ultimate, the year 2020 is the ultimate complex year. Mate. Like, yep. it's, it's a crazy year. And a lot of people are struggling fact, with it. <coughs> I mean, because yep. we've, uh, everything has happened this year. There's been, there's yeah, been, everything, deaths, there's, everything, everything has happened. I don't everything. know what's next. Like there's everything this
1: joke. Everything is on
0: get, get Everything. is on comment. There's this joke going around that oh um, have you seen the meme about aliens are next and they, and then there's a picture of a bunch of aliens they're talking to themselves they're like oh my gosh we're next we're next I'm nervous we are next
1: you're next yeah. <laughs> yeah you know that one yeah I never understood I interpreted as yeah. babies in their in their um babies who are yet to come into the world and they're pointing no. you are next to go to 2020
0: so it's like no, no, no. it's not me so it's, it means no, no, it's aliens oh my yeah God so they're, they're planning on so it's like to them uh, the Evade. world TV right now <laughs> it's their turn it's their scene uh. so it's like oh my gosh like we're next that uh, we're going to invade the earth and we're going to make 2020 even more crazier yes so at the moment there's loads of people dealing with the complexity issue complexity. which is yeah. the, they're stuck at home during doing a pandemic some of them might be extroverts, but now they're being forced to become introverts. Some of them are introverts yeah. who actually do like the attention, who actually do like having moments of extrovertness. But now they can't do that, and it's like Come we're on. dealing with worries. People have lost loved ones that they're unable to see, and everyone's just stuck <sighs> yeah. indoors. And there's so many issues, and yep. so many things going on in our minds. in our head. Yeah, but it's like people are that. What what can they do to to keep themselves in check? To keep them in check? Yeah, in, 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 all plugged in.
1: Yeah, yesterday, as you said, some people have, lo- have lost love. On. Yesterday, I was, I was actually listening to the radio. And mm. honestly speaking, bro, it's, it's, very, very, it's very, very like tearful to be hearing this on the radio, whereby someone was like, um, the dad actually got admitted to the hospital mm. and it was Corona. The dad used to get a case from the mom for mm. the past 50 years. And at this point in time, she's on the bed. I'm pleased on the bed and no one can even give him a case because of that. The moment they heard it, it says the dad, they heard that the dad is dead. They couldn't go to his funeral because some funeral directors took the, um, they took the, um, they actually took the family, the cost and everything to go and bury the dad. Mm. So, the way he was getting buried because the place hasn't got network, they couldn't even live stream for the loved ones to even see the, um, to see the process and everything. So to her, she has to assume that the dad she to her, she didn't Mm. see the dad die, so she doesn't believe it. Yeah. But she has to assume that the dad is no longer the dad is somewhere Mm. that she doesn't know. Like imagine someone growing Mm. up to actually end up not seeing the reality but have to live with assumptions. It's quite hard. It's quite hard. And with me I've had I had a personal chat with a with a physio um, Sorry, a psychotherapist. And one thing that people don't end up actually realizing that conversations helps. With mm. me, I'm a kind of person that when I'm going to, I want to pull my hair, my heart out. I mm. just want to say everything. I'm a kind of person who likes asking a lot of questions because mm. if I don't ask it right now, I might not get the opportunity to ask you that question. That mm. relates to me in general, everywhere. I'm a, my friends will tell you that I'm a very investigative person you ask me one question and that one question, the answer you give me, I'll use that answer that you gave me to ask you another question. So by Mm. the time I realize I've got a broader picture that I never intended to have, but through the conversation I've been able to have. With that way, it opens people up. It helps Mm. people to know. So such people, one of the things, I know it's quite hard because if you are on with the NHS, having a therapy, they have to book appointments and you'll be on the queue for a long time. So lots of people have signed up to private therapy which costs a lot you know Mm -hmm. a private therapist whereby they actually end up but we may always tell people the cheapest the cheapest form of therapy is the one you trust and the one you love that they can support you yeah that's the cheap because every single person that's what the 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 the, the, the therapist told me it's like everybody can be a therapist because what does a therapy do a therapy takes a chair and um a chair and a table they sit down to listen to Mm -hmm. you they don't one One of the things that a therapist doesn't do, they don't judge. Mm. They ask you questions, but one of the first things they have to do is they have to build confidentiality. If the person is able to to build confidentiality within you, trust within you, boom, whatever the person does, they will be willing. Even if it's the worst things they've done in the world, they'll be willing to share with you because they trust you. They know that you're not going to judge them. Though you're going to say one or two things that they might not be happy because you want to actually encourage them not to do that again. But if they actually find out that they can't trust the person, they can't end up actually getting the support. That's why lots of people end up actually hiding it from, yeah. i.e. Their, their, their parents or their, their, even their family members, you know? Because if I'm going to say this and you are not willing to understand or empathize with me, but rather you're going to actually throw stones at me make me feel worse of myself, then I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to actually deal with it. Mm-hmm. And by the time you realize, the person might be dealing with it in the hardest way and unfortunately, the person might end up doing something they never intended. And with them, someone, one thing I've realized is when someone is actually going through mental health disorders, the brain, the way the brain works is kind of like a reflex. Everything's a reflex. That's mm-hmm. what lots of people end up taking their lives because that's the thing, the, the ideation that comes into their head. So they want to react and end up end everything up you know mm. end everything up because the world the burden, in the world is too much for them that no one is willing to understand them yeah. no one is willing to hear them out but in their head some kind of in their head as well what is also playing their mind is everybody don't like you no one likes you you're gonna face this why don't you actually end this by actually taking up your life you know, and these are something that someone has, who has gone through has shared with me. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's quite tough. Some of the stuff that she opened up to me, bro, that time I felt like crying. I'm like, mm. and this is the world that this person was living in. You know, this was the world this person was living in. So empathy too can actually work. You know, if they and one thing that also works is if they find someone who has also gone through it, bro. It's like a human thing. We're all men. We're going through similar problems. When we meet, it's kind of like yeah. our own kind of world. We can mm. we can share experience. It's like, oh, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. I was also going through that. I like, oh, I thought I was the only one going through it. Yeah. You know, by sharing that kind of experience between each other or one another, we'll be able to realize that mm. we are removing the guilt from each other. We are, we are basically we are drastically removing, we are building yeah. all the stuff. You're shedding that we the burden, aren't you, as well? We yeah. are shedding the bed. The burden yeah. is now melting down. Mm. So by the time we go or we leave that environment, there's, our minds are clear because yeah. I've realized I've seen a brother or a sister who's going through something similar. That's why most often, whenever these people, like those who, got, those who are HIV positive, mm. they end up having a forum or even different conditions. They have a forum. Why? Because there is, this psych- psychological um, thing, evidence behind that. If such people meet within the same environment, it prolongs them. It gives them hope to fight. That's mm-hmm. why whenever I worked in the hospital, and there was this cancer patient, so I sat next to them. I was just asking them. She was going. She was having her chemo, her chemotherapy. So she's come for her session, and that time I was on the cancer ward. She had that bubbly face and everything. In my head, I'm like, this person has gathered so much joy to be experiencing life right now. The chemo that she's experiencing, she's going to have side effects still, mm. but she's happy. Not knowing the person who brought her to the appointment, who is her friend, is cancer-free. She's gone through cancer, has similar therapy, and right now is cancer-free. Mm. So such a person around you, is an evidence because you've got someone directly next to you who went through whatever you're going through mm. right now, and you are aiming to also be in her position soon. So with that way, whenever you're actually having the therapy, you are of all the hope that, yes, it's going to work because it's worked yeah. for my sister, yeah. it's going to work for me. So when mm-hmm. they shared that to me, I'm like, it's true, it makes sense it makes because sense. it will even end up making her always willing to come to appointments appointment and have a positive energy, mm-hmm. you know. Even if it comes out negative, she's still fighting, you know. So being a warrior about it also helps because if mm-hmm. people are willing and going to actually share their 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 story. Always, I've got this theory that one person's story could be the solution to whatever someone is going through because, come on, yeah, Yeah, if you pick about 10 people, at least six out of the 10 people are sharing something in common, they're sharing a common problem. Mm -hmm. But the moment they open up, so how did you manage to get us? Maybe it might not be the direct solution, but it will give you hope that someone has managed to have confidence or even patience Mm -hmm. to solve their problem. Then Mm -hmm. I have to also take my time and take and be more optimistic that it's not going to be like that. It's not going to last. Definitely. There's going to be an other way of it. And hopefully it will, it will help. It would oh, that's amazing.
0: It, to me, it, it yeah. sounds like obviously with, with us human beings, like it, it sounds like we, we, we have needs and um, we need to constantly feed these needs. We need to constantly keep the mind exercised. Because one of my friends, um, Rachel, who I've had on a podcast before, she she works in mm-hmm. mental health and then um, she she said she said something quite simple but um, very effective. She's like the mind is like the body. The way you, the same way you exercise the body, you rest the body. If you're exercising, you're you're feeding it right. You're you're, you're treating it right. You're not afraid to treat mm-hmm. it right we have to treat yeah. the mind with the, with the right yeah level of um, um concentration mm-hmm. and and care because if you're not feeding it right if you're not taking care of it properly if you're not exercising it and giving it time to rest as much then you're gonna have the same problems you would have if you treat your body the same and that's one of the sure. things i've realized recently because um, especially when when the whole um um with the recent movement with black life matters and everything else that's mm-hmm. happening on social media is it becomes very tiring and very burdensome. And what you realize is loads of people have burdens and then they project those burdens onto you as we discussed. Sure. And it's like, you have to do this or you are this and you're that. And you have to think like this. That, that alone can cause someone to break down. And what a lot of people are not Definitely. That, that constant perpetuation, that constant projection that you're doing is having an adverse effect on someone. So people need to take a break. Someone, like, for instance, yeah. like, I, I, even though I'm a podcaster and I like conversating with people, I like conversating in this type of setting where it's controlled and it's leveled and we're able to yes. truly break things down. Like for instance, I no, can't survive yeah. on Twitter. I'm horrible on Twitter. I'm the worst person. I don't, I don't understand Twitter. It's too crazy. And I can't. And I can't I'm, have. I'm, I'm, I'm away. I'm <laughs> away. I am i can not have a proper conversation. I'm away.
1: With me, I'm it's like mental that. torture
0: because all you get is a whole bunch of what. What tends to happen with Twitter is, if you throw an idea out there, what you're going to draw out is the people that maybe had a bad day, the person with a a a, 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 a terrible mindset who's going to attack you based on it. it. Might not necessarily be the 99 yep. percent good people. It would be that one person that will <laughs> constantly continuously that can ruin that it. Yeah. And that's yes. social media. And if you're not careful, you can get drowned by it. So you need to take a break and just filter it through. Like um, my therapist, yeah. Keely, said, she was like, she's like um, the ultimate um, um, care package or the care process that she does is order in her phone. She says she goes onto her phone, mm-hmm. cuts everyone off once in a while, and leaves only five contacts. And she won't pick up anyone's call apart from those five contacts. Is ways of yeah. us taking care of ourselves. And um, I
1: believe that's the best thing. Because with me, the longest I've actually stayed away from social media was this year. Mm. I was planning to take one month off, but that one month extended to three months. The reason why I did that was, I, first of all, was my exam. Second of all, when the COVID actually started and I realized how false information was spreading more than the right information, I'm like, I'm not here for this. Because Mm. that scare alone can actually make you develop that kind of, um anxiety 100%. you know because me personally when they started there's so many um symptoms that right now when you go to nhs website are there i went through those symptoms mm. so if i'm actually behind social media and someone is constantly posting it how am i going to feel i'm gonna even feel more <laughs> scared that this thing is gonna kill yeah. me it's more than serious. me because it was so serious it was so yeah. scary so i was like you know what when uh, my country had the Independence Day celebration, 6th of March, mm-hmm. I'm like, bye, bye, Instagram. <laughs> I deleted Instagram. And always, whenever because I'm a very, I um, I'm a very active person on my mm-hmm. page. So when people have not even seen me post or even see me reposting something, mm-hmm. they get a bit like concerned. Yeah. I've had people all the time whenever they call me, like, I don't have your number. I leave messages, you of all people that faint, but this message is taking two months to reply. I was mm. like, unfortunately I have to actually stay away from social yeah, media. You need to take
0: care of yourself. I felt well. like
1: I needed, yes. I was like, I had to actually stay away because I've been active since January and I mm. need time away from the social media because since January I've been speaking like from different, for different universities. Oh, amazing. And, um, I've actually, that was University of Essex and University of East Anglia. I was supposed to do another school, but COVID-19 actually closed it. So it's so amazing that God made me take that 3 months break. It's like, Kwame, get back yeah. to work. Yeah. The I finished the exam, I started all these live um, conversations and everything, which I believe everything is God's purpose as well. You know, mm. I needed a break, honestly. I needed a break because I felt, because I was having journeys. I remember with the Essex one, mm. it was my tiring because, that time that was the time i've actually started driving because i started driving this year in okay. january yeah so that was the time i was driving on think about it i'm a i'm a, I'm a new driver mm. i have not driven on mm. the motorway and you're on the and motorway non-stop I'm now stuck, <laughs> i'm stuck on the m25 <laughs> that was that's midnight. the worst motorway as well m25 is and the worst I'm,
0: <laughs> yeah
1: i'm like you know what god you know that i've got no route because if i decide to take different routes I'm going to reach home at three. And that following day, I've got placements at Essex. So I'm coming from Essex, come to London, sleep, rest, wake up in the morning and go back to Essex again. Mm -hmm. So I have to gather the confidence and drive. So God knows that, you know what, Kwame, you're tired. You're tired. You need to take a break. And I believe one of the things that people need to know is prioritize the same way you prioritize on your hustle. You need to prioritize on your break because mm-hmm. the way the health, our health system is people don't get The last time I was sharing with someone that when people are stressed, do you know that when you are stressed, any little infection that you get can yeah. end up actually escalating to become something big. You could go for you could end up losing your life from yeah. a tiny infection that you get. Reason being is your immune system is shut down. The immune system, which is supposed to produce white blood cells and everything, Mm. because of stress it can't some people get in, some people you know some people actually get certain inflammations when they get stressed yeah. like their legs they start getting sw- some parts of their body get swollen and stuff it mm. shows something you know With me, I'm a kind of person honest my mom will tell you I used to work back to back because I work part I've, I've been working for a long time so I used to work back to back sometimes I remember doing the I.O. Um, Usain Bolt's race the last race he had He and Mufara had for the went into retirement. I was working in Olympic Park. Bro, my work shift starts at 7 and it finishes at 12 midnight. Wow. 7 a.m. 7 a.m. to 12 midnight. I get a break in between because what happens is I'm booked from 7 to 12 midday. But because someone does not come for the shift and bro, man needs to hustle. You're like, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> You're like, I'll take that shift. That, you know, I like, yeah, take that shift. <laughs> so I take that shift. And that shift does not finish. The thing is, I'm coming home. First of all, you might not even, because the thing is, your other shift is not guaranteed. They could end up yeah. canceling it. Mm-hmm. So take as many shifts that you can. As you can. And yeah. my work was a bit funny. If you come, if you come and um, you actually end up, being late for I think about 15 minutes to, like you know I go back home oh wow so man has to actually be on job yeah. from 7 to 12 and 12 man has not eaten. yeah man wants to eat go to bed at 1 1 man needs to wake back up again. at 5 yeah 5 and be on the train by 6 because if he, I miss that train forget about yeah, it yeah because you're travelling into to
0: London where. isn't it yeah <laughs> Don't go to it.
1: so I've hustled and hustled and hustled and you know Exactly. I'm travel i have traveling to London and even um even within London I still travel here and there. So sometimes I need that one person to tell me that Kwame, you've had enough. Like
0: yeah.
1: sometimes even when we look at your bank account, it's not even motivating you to stop working. Yeah. You know? But I've <laughs> reached a point whereby, you know what? I need to actually, you know, slow down, mm. take a break. If it's a sleep, my off day from work, I sleep, mm. you know, I don't even respond to any messages. I'll leave the message to later on. If you put those kind of self-care therapy part of you, it will help your body to actually regenerate, mm. you know, because we are all growing. And if you don't take care of yourself that way, and you reach a point whereby the hassle is out of hand, You could end up like breaking yourself, you know, and it's very important that people make sure that their brain is resting. Yes, Mm -hmm. it's good to be hustling, you know, but sometimes you have to also have that kind of time that, you know, this is the time for myself. I need to relax. Even if you're not going to watch any TV or any program, just lie in bed, sleep Mm just sleep you know it's really really important sleep sleep you know that sleep is the most underestimated sleep is so, it's it's under, so it's underrated. It's underrated it's underrated it's yeah. underrated it's actually underrated because some people are like you know what george um i remember one money person, don't sleep <laughs> yeah someone was like one i think one motivational person or like oh this person says suicide. the person the motivational person came out no you are lying i've always sleeping you know, one thing you have to understand is, yes, they start from somewhere. The, mm. the, the perseverance wouldn't stop. But are you mm. going to let the perseverance also take something precious away from you, your health? Yeah. You know, wow. we always tell tell people that your wealth is your net wealth, you know, it's your net worth, you know, because if right now, God forbid, you don't take care of yourself and you fall ill, mm. all the money that you've got in your bank account, where is it going towards? It's going towards your health. But mm. if you end up balancing whilst you're hustling with your wealth with your health, you realize that they go hand in hand. Mm. If you're a true hustler, then you need to also invest more in your health. you need That's to rest. Different. The rest is really important yeah. It's really important. and I believe that everybody will actually take that into consideration mm. into consideration because COVID-19, I believe it's a signal to other people that you know what you've worked so many years, you've not even taken time for yourself, mm. all the time you are traveling to different countries to have holiday. No, this time around, stay in your home yeah. and just sure. breathe, you yeah. know, breathe. When Amazing. I listen to this Stormzy's song, Breathe, mm. I'm like, this guy is stuck into me, you know. <laughs> so sometimes, you need, to take your, you need to take time and breathe because yeah. people don't breathe. I'm one of those people. My friends will tell you, Kwame doesn't breathe, but mm. sometimes, whenever I get that nagging, it brings the reality to myself that, you know what, well, Kwame, just stop, mm. listen to them and just, because they yeah. can see from your face that, you are draining, you are drained, but yeah. you still want to still fight and push. So, yeah. it's really no, that's, important that's that we take man. time to breathe. Yeah, yeah.
0: and there's and there's no more perfect time than the current state that we're in because it's, it's the ideal. Trust me, for us
1: to, trust me, to break. And
0: even if social media is keeping us hostage, we should learn to take a break from that as well because that's the biggest thing. Yeah, hint
1: we have right to. Now
0: to like our, our mental We state. have to, and all the stats are proving that it's having, is having like. It's having dramatic effect on like young girls. It's having dramatic effect on boys. It's having effect on our relationships with each other and stuff like that. So we definitely yes. need to take a break, man. Kwame, I mean, really appreciate that. Um, what, 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 what are Some of the works you got coming up? Like what, what you got coming up in the future that people can check? Um,
1: we me the at on. the moment on um, on Thursday. I've mm-hmm. got. Um, I've got another talk about mental health. And yeah. one thing I like about it is all the time, you know that all the conversations I've had about mental health yeah. ever since I started with Advocacy, none of these conversations have been similar.
0: Yeah. All,
1: the, yeah. all of them are from different. different angles. Yeah. Uh, different angles. And I really appreciate because I hate repeating myself the same information. Yeah. That's always my energy is actually because there's a question that you'll be asked. It's like, wait, I never thought about that way, but mm. it's also related to it. So on Sunday on instagram live i'm also speaking at um i'm speaking about um 21st century men and mental health mm-hmm. with uh, akosia oh, and man. um and on um thursday this thursday i'm speaking for this um my my colleagues um um setup is called the uplifting which mm-hmm. so we are also discussing mental health with I'm discussing with other two um, young ladies as well. Mm. They're also sharing their, their views about it. And at the moment, I'm building my students' network, yeah. which is the I Aspire to Inspire. This year was the year that we we're supposed to build up our team. But God knows best. He knows that my final year is coming as well. Mm. So I have to also prioritize on my final year. But we are behind the scenes. We are doing a lot of work regarding to the Aspire to make sure that hopefully from 2021, 2022 onwards, mm. we'll be able to start catering for the young people and everyone who's going to be benefiting from that network as well. So behind the scenes, I'm still doing work, but at this point in time, I'm just having these conversations to make sure that hopefully right now that we've got people relaxed and staying at their home, they will chance upon these videos or the conversations I'm having. And one way or another is actually helping. And honestly speaking, it's opening a lot of doors. There are so many people have approached me when I started these conversations and want to work with me and everything. To me, it's all about changing the narrative. As much as these whole platforms are going to be able to be channeled to different demographics, different people from different places, I'm so happy that it's doing it because Mm -hmm. everybody has got different followers. We have all got different, diverse people. Mm -hmm. And the conversation I'm having is also having diverse kind of um, opinions and also sharing a lot of knowledge to other people as well so it's it's really helping and i really appreciate you bro for actually yeah. no, i appreciate you for happen. coming on man i mean this i really is, appreciate it yeah
0: you're welcome this, this is i mean this is one of many conversations we're gonna have but this was just more like what i tend to do is with my first ever episodes i tend to just want to yeah. introduce myself to the individuals and and just get a little like overview of what they do and View. do yeah conversation so I've, I've managed to get yeah. inside of the work that you do, and it's fantastic and you seem like yeah. you're passionate about what you do, based on thank the, you, thank you very much. Socials and so forth, and I think you should continue doing the work that you're doing. And thank you very much, with, bro. Within the community, within within the African, yeah. Because I've I've myself definitely. growing up, I've noticed how things are perceived, and I noticed how people. People with mental um, illnesses and people with disabilities. Yeah. That's something that we need to educate our people on more and offer the advice, as best as we possibly definitely. can, and inform mm-hmm. them on it. That's what you're doing, which is fantastic, and I appreciate you coming on here as well. And
1: thank you very much, bro. We're definitely going to catch up finally. Definitely, uh, definitely, definitely. Right now, that next week they are opening up and everything. You know, yeah. hopefully, we'll I'm be able definitely. to sit Come down, down to London next
0: the, time. And we'll catch up once everything no, is clear, we'll catch up properly in the studio. I'm, I'm actually in London. You know. Oh, you're in London now, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came, I, I actually, straight after my exam, I, oh, okay. oh, okay. I actually came back to Oh, definitely. We, to yeah, we, back we're there. definitely
0: going to catch up and, and do another, like, recording and, and talk about... No worries at all. We'll definitely catch up on the men issue because I know that men tend no to no worry. suffer a lot with, like, mental... Yeah.
1: Health,
0: suicide, That's what I'm actually speaking things. about
1: on, on, on Sunday. And with me, I'm so happy that I've not restricted myself to a particular demographic. I'm actually talking about mental health in young people, Mm. mental health in women, mental health in parents, mental health in men as well, mm. you know. So there's, there's a lot that, you know, we can all talk about. Uh, we can all add our voices to it, you know. Yeah. So far as we're able to actually get the channel and be able to let other men know that, hey, it's not a shame to go through this mm. because someone has experienced it, they've come out of it. And we always, I always encourage people to share their stories because, mm. you know, as I said earlier on that, you never know that your story is going to be the solution to someone else's problem they are currently yeah. facing. So always I encourage people. That's why we mean. I develop the confidence from other people who were bold to come and share their story mm. in a limelight, especially sharing your story on social media. We've seen a lot of people, whereby it has gone wrong. Yeah. They've rather been attacked rather than actually them being able to be appreciated. But I realized and I prayed to God, you know what, it's time whereby i'm even right now putting it in my book that i'm actually writing mm. uh, that book i've been Amen, planning happened? to write here <laughs> yeah in 2016 when yeah. i said the title to my mentor it was like kwame this book is gonna be deep and yeah. there are a lot of deep stuff and a lot of stuff that i've actually uncovered in the book which i said to myself that this time is when i'm going to actually take my time because i've written it on my phone oh wow typed mm-hmm. everything up so right now i need to Write everything on Microsoft Word, where I'm mm. taking my time to do everything, so hopefully, by God's grace, it will be coming out soon because mm. i've been I've been writing it for a long time, so <laughs> and people have been actually been demanding it, so mm. that's one of the ways that I'm making sure I'm adding my voice to whatever people are going through because most often people see you and they see the only side this side of you, but they never saw the transition like on Sunday when mm. I was sharing my conversation, I was telling. Though with her, she knows it because she's like a very close friend. So she's like she's basically my mentor. So I've opened up to her. But some other people, they never knew that. Sorry, they never knew that I was that hyper kind of person. Mm. For me to become that kind of cool person. So if someone is also having a son or a child who's going through that kind of thing, it will make sure that you know what this hyper thing. Because we mean it helped me to channel my hyper into my hustle. Mm. You know, it never made me sit down that you know what something is going to be provided for me. I'd rather go out there to search it because mm. my mom will tell you that when I was a kid, I would never sit my bum my yeah. on the chair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. always roaming, even in the class, you yeah. never see me sitting down. I'll be roaming from this desk to this deck because I like conversations. Mm. So by the time you realize, Kwame is always the biggest in the class. Yeah. I'm everywhere, you yeah. know, I'm everywhere. And that is something that's helped me to channel into something positive mm. because back in the days, whenever people hear my name, they know what my name stood for. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but right now they see me, they actually see a different person. So that is what my book is actually going to be covering. Amazing. And ho- the hopefully,
0: basically, yeah.
1: basically okay. the tra- it's about the transition. And hopefully I pray that everyone who actually reads it, because I'm not only for the money gain, I'm also for the transition that mm-hmm. lots of people will be touched through the book, you know, because I wanted to actually get people to come out and say that, you know what? Well, this is what I learned. This is what I was going through. But this book has made me become very vocal. It has opened a different chapter I never saw about myself and everything. So that's Basically, what I'm actually working on whilst we are actually we'll being definitely lockdown. look
0: forward to that, man. And I'll definitely be definitely an a promoter once that comes out. Thank I'll you, thank you very
1: out. much, bro. Yeah. Thank but you, well, very me, much, I'm bro. gonna leave
0: you there for today. I really appreciate you coming on. Let's do humans Podcast. No worries, this is one of many. So, thank you. Yeah, so take care of yourself, stay healthy, take care, stay safe. And we'll be you, catch bro. up again.
1: Yeah, take care, bro. Yeah, definitely, take yeah. care. Yeah. All right, bye. bye.